transcendent knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriya at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha of monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called profound illumination, and at the same time, Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profound Prajnaparamita, saw in this way. He saw the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Then through the power of the Buddha, Venerable Shariputra said to Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, How should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita? Dressed in this way, Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to the Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature. Form is emptiness, emptiness also is form, emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics, there is no birth and no cessation, there is no impurity and no purity, there is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas. I dot to up to no mind dot to, no dot to of dharmas, no mind consciousness dot to, no ignorance, no end of ignorance, no old age and death, no old age and death. No suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, and no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequaled mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Te Ata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangati Bodhisoha. Thus, Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. And the Blessed One arose from that Samadhi and praised Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, saying, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When the Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and Noble Avogateshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, humans, asuras, and gandharvas rejoiced and praised the words of the Blessed One.
The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. Imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy Lamas, high, wrap the sky of your Dharma bodies in massive clouds of knowledge and love, and let them pour upon the earth of your disciples as we are ready. Rain the teachings deep and wide. Draw 
La <coughs> Somebody so, once again, uh, we are looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment. Uh, and if we look at the uh, outline, uh, we find begins with uh, relying on a teacher that is the root of the path, uh, and then how the next uh, topic of how students train their minds and the stages after having relied upon the teacher. Uh, and then under that section of how students train their minds after this reliance, we find uh, two categories, an exhortation to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, uh, and then how to take full advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity. Uh, so then when we get to the section on how to take advantage of, or the actual way to take advantage of a life of leisure and opportunity, uh, we find three major headings. Training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of small capacity, training the mind in the stage of the past shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and then training the mind in the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. Uh, under that first heading of uh, training the mind in the stages of the past shared in common with beings of small capacity, we find first the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity and then the measure of the attitude of a person of small capacity and then d dispelling any misconceptions uh, about a uh, person of small capacity about or about the attitude of a person of small capacity. So uh, under that first category, under that second uh, heading, we find the actual training of thought of a person of small capacity. Uh, and then we have uh, two categories, developing the state of mind that strives diligently for the sake of future lives, uh, and then a second category, relying, uh, relying on a means for achieving happiness uh, in one's next life, or the method for achieving happiness. So uh, under that second section, the method for achieving uh, happiness, uh, we find two major topics. First, 
uh, going for refuge, the entrance or gateway into the excellent instruction or the teaching, uh, and then developing faith and conviction in karma and its results. Uh, so uh, that first category of going for refuge has four major points that are made. The causes for going for refuge, based on that, the objects to which you go for refuge to, how to go for refuge, uh, and then advices or precepts related to refuge. Uh, so that's the section that we're in. The fourth section, uh, coming up to it in that outline, uh, and we're in the precept section. So when we get into the precept section or the advices sections, uh, there's two categories. Uh, advices related to the compendium of determinations, uh, and then the second category the, uh, related to the oral instruction or the oral tradition. So we've completed the uh, explanation according to the compendium of determinations uh, and all the points that are made within that. And now we're under the uh, uh, section under the how they appear in the oral tradition, and that begins on page. Okay, so 193 is where the uh, um, oral tradition uh, begins, and Rinpoche said specifically. Uh, we're going to uh, the common uh, general precepts section, which is on page 196. Uh, so those precepts that are in common. So 196, number two at the bottom, general precepts. There are six general precepts. That's what it says in English. <laughs> ตะเนวัตละทุนดวทุมารเวทุเดนะอาสุวะซาจิตุสันตะบะยินะซาจิตุละกุนจุสุนจิเชบะตานเอเตเจสุเทนเบยันเอยันตะยันตุเจ้า
uh, and then six, maintain your refuge. Do not forsake the three jewels, even in jest, at the uh, or if it costs your life. Uh, so now we'll go to the first in the great treatise uh, section. So the, as I said before, the commentary in the Tibetan just goes one, then there's a commentary in two, so there isn't this section uh, where it's broken out. So, uh, here, when we're looking at the first, it says, by recalling the distinctions and good qualities of the three jewels, go for refuge again and again. So here, the three jewels are referring to the Buddha jewel, the Dharma jewel, and the Sangha jewel. Uh, so then when we go to the text, it says, as previously explained, you should repeatedly keep in mind the differences between non-Buddhist and Buddhist, the distinctions among the three jewels, and the good qualities of the three jewels. Uh, so here, uh, when we previously went over uh, the section on not acknowledging other refuges, we uh, um, found uh, the differences between the Buddhist teacher and a non-Buddhist teacher, the difference between a Buddhist truth and a non-Buddhist truth, and the difference between a Buddhist student and a non-Buddhist student. So we went through that clearly. So here it says, keep in mind the difference between non-Buddhist and Buddhist. So we looked at the differences according to those three categories previously. And then it says, distinctions among the three jewels. Uh, so we then begin to compare uh, the, the three jewels to one another. We compare the, uh, and we look at them in terms of three permutations, four permutations, uh, mutual ex mutually exclusive or synonymous. And we try to compare them and, tr and, and make the distinction according to that formula. So when we look at, uh, for instance, the Buddha jewel uh, and the Sangha jewel, we'll find that there are four permutations. Uh, if we look at the Dharma jewel and the Buddha jewel, we'll find that there are four permutations. If we look at the Dharma jewel and the uh, Sangha, Sangha jewel, uh, we will find that they are mutually exclusive. So these are some examples of the permutations or the possibilities when we compare these two. 
Uh, again, Buddha and uh, the. Buddha and Sangha, four possibilities. Dharma and, and Buddha, four possibilities. Uh, Dharma and uh, Sangha, mutually exclusive. Uh, so these are some ways, that, some comparisons that one can make. ジェバジナタマルセニジェバメビジェバモモトソワタスイジレジュオケテダギユテンラヤヤンセンパスレソタスワジジユテンチュジユテンゲディジュテンアナスワジユテンカトクユテンソンゲユテントジユテンチレ
So we find this first section, by recalling the great kindness of the three jewels, strive to worship them constantly uh, and offer the first portion of your food uh, uh, and drink. Uh, so this uh, here, uh, by, by us recognizing uh, that, uh, so I'll just read forward. Though, though they the, so from the King of Concentration Sutra, though they obtain food due to the Buddha's merit, the childish do not repay their kindness. Thus knowing all temporary happiness and certain goodness that you experience uh, is symbolized by food uh, are due to the kindness of the three jewels. You should make offerings with in, uh, intention of repaying their kindness. So I might have read further, but I'm just reading up to there. Uh, and then the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha do not actually use uh, or need to eat. Uh, they don't get hungry, uh, so it's not uh, something that they need from us. When we are making these offerings, we're making them to increase our merit uh, and increase our uh, good qualities. Um, so we're doing, making these offerings for this reason. Uh, it's not that the three jewels need them uh, for, uh, so that we're offering them. And the fact is, is that we need to make these offerings because all of the, uh, this life of leisure, uh, all of the things that we have, this life of leisure that we possess, uh, the excellent qualities that we possess, um, um, our enjoyments are all a result, are all due to the Buddha's kindness. Um, uh, because uh, when we look at uh, um, how um, um, happiness is caused, um, we find that happiness is caused by virtue. And if it is virtue, then it is next necessarily the enlightened deeds of the Buddha. Um, so our virtue is the enlightened deeds of the Buddha. So all of the happiness that we have is a result of the Buddha's kindness. Uh, so this is the reason that we offer this first, first portion, uh, so that we may increase our virtue. Um, and we recognize that the food that we have and the things that we have are a result of the Buddha's kindness, uh, because virtue is the enlightened activities of the Buddha. So this section uh, um, uh, is uh, expanded uh, and is a, a, a large section, and it's because uh, Lama Tsongkhapa refers uh, to the um, the Bodhisattva levels by Lord Asanga uh, to get all of this extra information that we find in this second section that is, is longer, uh, um, uh, has more information in it. So this, this uh, increased information is from the Bodhisattva Bhumis uh, by Lord Asanga. <laughs> Junchu uh, so um, here, 
This, so the first point that's made, uh, by recalling the great kindness of the three jewels, strive to worship them constantly and offer the first portion of your food. Uh, this is an offering, uh, when we look at um, occasional offerings and offerings that are always made, uh, this falls categorically under uh, 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 offerings that are always made. Uh, so this word constantly means that ev every single time there's food or drink, make this offering. Uh, so this is a commitment res uh, with respect to um, the always doing it. So that's the emphasis on this, is that it's a, uh, a, an offering, a continuous offering, an offering that is always made. Decent. <laughs> Chuba Okay. Uh, so it says then when we look at the so these are uh, always offerings. Uh, so this is the food or drink, and then it gets into off occasional offerings. I think I believe the word is occasional, but I apologize if that's not correct. Uh, but uh, here it says, with regard to offerings, there are uh, two two points that are made: the actions of offering, and then the attitudes. So, under the section of actions of offering, uh, we find ten uh, categories that are made: um, offering to the to the body uh, to the Buddha's body, offerings to the stupas, um, uh, non perceived perceived offerings, and non perceived offerings are are. Uh, um, uh, Directly perceived offerings or a not directly perceived offering, offering. So it's like a direct perception, but not direct valid cognition. I want to make the distinction in the translation. Uh, it's not direct valid perception, it's direct perception. So seeing it directly. Um, so here, the word uh, valid cognition is not placed within this form of direct perception. So just to make that clear. Uh, so we find various categories that, that are made. Those are four of them, but there are ten. Uh, so... Uh, so when we look at this word, the actions of offering, when we look at um, an action, there's an, uh, a doer, an action, an agent, and an object when we look at the way something takes place. So when we look at the uh, cutting down a tree, the object of being cut is the tree, the doer, uh, the agent is the person cutting, and then the action is the cutting of the tree. Uh, so if we apply this same example of action, agent, and object uh, to um, making an offering, 
um, we are making an offering to the object. So object here, uh, we find the Buddha's uh, body or, uh, um, uh, or uh, stupas, uh, these examples made. So these are the objects of our offering, uh, or Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. Uh, and then we are the offerer, we're the agent of the offering. Uh, and then the action of the offering itself is the action that's being spoken of here, the, 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 the work of doing it, the action, the activity uh, sometimes translate. The activity one is doing is offering. Uh, so here, uh, this is what is meant by the actions of offering. So we look at it in terms of action, age, and object. Uh, we find that that's the action that's being spoken of. Chatter,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意,同意
so Rimache is going over in Jayan uh, Sheba's text. We find there four. I'm not going to. I'll get the exact points later for everyone. I don't want to uh, take too much time. But they make distinctions upon the offerings of uh, um, occasional offerings, offerings made every time, offerings that are of of small off like offering the food and drink is a small offering. But we accum do so much of it. We accumulate large amounts of virtue because of the. Uh, uh, amount that it's done, and then there's one other. So uh, we can look that up and, and find that somewhere, uh, the exact examples of those. Um, but I, for the sake of time, I'll move on from here. Uh, but there are four. And Rebbe said it's in the Great Treatise. <laughs> So Jai and Sheba took it from these sections. And Jai and Sheba was a great uh, scholar, a, a, a great uh, a great master of the uh, of the literature, great master of literature. He was similar to a Nalanda scholar. He was a great scholar, a, a true, a true, truly solid, and a scholar of the the perfection of wisdom teachings, the Parshim, the Madhyamika teachings, the Abhidharma teachings, the Vinaya teachings, etc. So he was a, a great scholar in all these. And also a, a, a great exposition on the tenets. He wrote a very, very large uh, explanation of the tenet systems as well. It's actually in English. It's called The Maps of the Profound. It's like this big. Very hard to read. Okay, so we'll go through this Kadinjisutemi, Matula then 
According to Jay Rinpoche, it says with regard to offerings, there are uh, two points, the actions of offering and the attitudes. And it says the first of these include the following types. So we begin with offerings to the Buddha's body. It says means offering to the actual Buddha's embodiment as form. Uh, and then offerings to stupas means offerings to stupas and the like for the sake of Buddhahood, or for the sake of the Buddha. Um, so we begin offerings to the Buddha's body. Uh, so, um, for instance, if during the time of Buddha Shakyamuni, uh, when he was uh, <coughs> present, uh, if one were to make offerings to the Buddha of flowers and so forth, this would be offering uh, to the Buddha's body. But also, when we make offerings to a statue, uh, we're also making offerings uh, to the Buddha's body when we offer our tea or offer our food or offer candles, etc. Um, um, so this is uh, um, making offerings to the Buddha's body. Uh, and then offerings to the stupas uh, refers to um, uh, making, uh, um, uh, uh, if uh, after, uh, after the Buddha has, um, um, so making, I'm sorry, making offerings to the stupas that represent the Buddha for the sake of becoming a Buddha, for the, the sake of unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Um, so uh, um, um, this is, uh, so for the reason of unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. So making these offerings to the stupid for this reason uh, that represents the Buddha. Mosmond <laughs> Mosumaibichobanese Uh, so we begin, uh, then we move on to number three. Offerings to a perceived object means offering to the above mentioned two as they are manifest uh, to your uh, sensory faculties. Uh, so the, the, um, so when the, off, the Buddhist body or a stupa is manifest uh, to your sense powers, so if you um, apprehend them, if you can see the Buddha, uh, um, if you apprehend them by your uh, sense faculties, so if they are manifest. So this manifest is the same word in manifest phenomena. So if it's manifest, uh, it, it means that one can see it. So it manifests, one can see it, uh, and then if it, this is the case, it's an offering to a perceived object. Uh, um, um, so offerings to a directly perceived object. Uh, the next is offerings to a not directly perceived object, uh, um, a non-perceived object, refers to offerings made to a Buddha or his stupas that are not actually present and made for the sake of all Buddhas and stupas. Um, 
so here, uh, this is when we don't see uh, the stupa uh, or uh, the Buddha in front of us, and we are imagining them and making offerings. Then this is the the case of uh, unperceived object. <laughs> Sanjay so then it says offerings made for the sake of Buddha or uh, for the sake of Buddha to one or more images and stupas after his nirvana are also considered uh, offerings to a non-perceived object. Uh, so here, uh, the Buddha doesn't abide in nirvana. Uh, so this is the um, uh, um, not an actualized nirvana that has taken place because the Buddha doesn't, doesn't abide there. The Buddha didn't pass away or die. Uh, the Buddha appeared to. So it's a, a similitude. Uh, so it's a, a non-abiding nirvana is what it's called. Uh, so the Buddha is in a non-abiding nirvana. Uh, so here, uh, it says offerings made after the Buddha has seemingly passed or gone into nirvana are uh, to the sta a statue, which is a representative, for instance, of Shakyamuni Buddha. So I asked Rinpoche, because Rinpoche uh, said that uh, stupas, for instance, in Bodhagaya that were made uh, for Buddha Shakyamuni, uh, and then there's a statue of Buddha Shakyamuni. Uh, these are all representations of the, the Buddha and are considered uh, offerings to a non-perceived object if one makes an offering to them because the Buddha isn't present. So then I asked Rinpoche if it was only under those special circumstances or if that referred to our statue as well. And Rinpoche said, yes, the statue of Shakyamuni is, a, and we make an offering, is an offering to a non-perceived object. <coughs> Tony Less so. 
so then it says, uh, uh, when you make offerings to either an unperceived uh, Buddha or his stupas, uh, you are also uh, making offerings to both of the perceived objects for the reality for the nature of one of them is the na is the nature of all of them, or the reality of all of them. Uh, so here in the text it says emptiness. And Rinpoche said that uh, there's two types of chunyi, uh, the word, uh, which means nature. Um, one nature is final nature, and one nature is the na uh, would refer to, I'll explain ex explain it. So the word's nature still. Um, uh, the the The... I wonder what the exact term is. I know uh, final nature and conventional nature or use, the nature of use or something of, to that effect. So basically, this, this type of nature, which isn't the final nature, final nature is referring to emptiness, the lack of true establishment of an object. This other kind of nature is referring to, for instance, fire's nature is to burn upward. Water's nature is to go down. When it when it's you know there's an uh, decline it can it goes downward uh, so this is the nature in this respect the nature that is being used in the text is the nature in that first example of the fire's nature is to burn upward uh, and water's nature is to flow downward uh, so here when we look at the nature of the perceived object the Buddha and the unperceived object, the Buddha, both of them are the same nature because they're both Buddha and have the same exact qualities. Uh, so here um, it, it says, um, uh, uh, let me see. When you make offerings to either an unperceived Buddha or his perceived stupas, you are also making offerings to both of the perceived uh, objects. Uh, um, uh, so if you're making an unperceived uh, offering to a Buddha or a stupa, then you're making a perceived offering as well, because the nature is Buddha. It's Buddha is, is uh, um, you are also making offerings to both the perceived objects, where the reality, the reality of, or nature of one of them is the reality of all of them. It is standard to make offerings both to perceived and non-perceived objects, etc. Uh, so final nature and uh, uh, just nominal nature, so, something like that. I'll see if I can find it somewhere after. <laughs> Shoot Shoot 
So now So then it says um, it is standard to make offerings both to perceived and not to non-perceived objects. Uh, with the thought, I make offerings to all the Buddhas of the three times and to the stupas of the ten directions of the limitless uh, universe, or the the limitless yeah the limitless universe. So here uh, it says that uh, when we're making uh, offerings. The greatest level of virtue or greatest amount of merit that we can uh, um, accumulate is by when we're making this offering to a perceived or non-perceived object to imagine that we're making it to all of the perceived and non-perceived objects. So the Buddhas of the three times, the Buddhas of the past, present, and future, and then all of the stupas in all of the ten directions uh, of the universe. Uh, so in the, it says that for the limitless universe. Uh, so we can make uh, our offerings in this, va- in this grand fashion, and it accumulates much more merit for us. And we are able to accumulate much more merit. What <laughs> Nosotros so then it says, uh, it doesn't say what it says uh, in the text. There's, it says, before, it's great, it's a vast amount of merit. Secondly, it's even more merit. And third, it's a, the greatest store of merit. So the perceived and not all that isn't in there necessarily. And the reason I'm only reason I'm saying this is because <coughs> it's going to be different than what's in here. Uh, so the so where it says uh, make um, okay. So here it begins. It says it is said that making offerings to a perceived object produces a vast store of merit. Uh, so here. It says before. So it's referring to offerings to the Buddha's body and the two categories, offerings to a stupa. So those two categories fall under this first section, which says it produces a vast store of merit. Then the second category is referring to the non-perceived object and the perceived object. So when we we look at making an offering to uh, the non the directly perceived object and the not directly perceived object, then this is the uh, greater store of merit. And then when we make, then here, when we make offerings uh, to all the Buddhas uh, of the three times and all the stupas of the ten directions, that creates the greatest store of merit. So that is Sumba, third. Uh, So uh, in the text, 
I, that's why I got confused before because there isn't this in here and, and when I'm in the middle of translating it becomes difficult at times. So I, I, just, I um, just wanted to add that. There might be other interpretations. I'm just giving Rinpoche's interpretation and trying to make it clear uh, for everyone according to their text. Okay, so here's some advice uh, from Jay Rinpoche. Thus it is important that when you make offerings to a single Buddha or his image and the like, you recollect the uh, indivisibility of reality and project the thought that you are making offerings to them. I looked all this up. The lack of, to, to realize the lack of difference of them, their nature. So you recognize the lack of difference of their nature uh, um, uh, uh, and then project the thought. This word project is projecting uh, karma, projecting karma. So we're putting this out to, putting it out there. It's almost like projecting it out there and the thought that you are making offerings to all of them. So this is the thought you're projecting because they're all, uh, they're not different. Uh, indivisible, they're, here, uh, the indivisibility is the, the lack of difference. Uh, uh, so, uh, chapa mepa, of, and uh, so that's it. What the Sajiki Kulachiba, Chetan Lajiba, so not Chibur, eh? Then Mosul Mahim Chetan, the Kuzuni, the Mosul Chibur, the Mosul Mahim Chibania, so not Chibur, the Lesser Nachibur, eh? Should you do some, do some just Hajeta? Should you turn a man, maybe? Chetanla, Chetonia, be chubby or there, so not Cheshire, so you are is. So by his Mosa, did you then not so? Chanda Chuba Bibaina, Nichate, and eh? Uh, so Jay Rinpoche says, this is important when you make offerings to a single Buddha or his image and the like, you recollect the indivisibility of reality and project the thought that you're making offerings uh, to all of them. Uh, so here, for instance, when we're making an offering of our tea, when we make an offering of tea, we should imagine that we're making an offering to all the Buddhas of the three times past, present, and future, and that we're making this offering to all the stupas of the ten directions. Uh, so this is uh, the way that we should make offerings, um, because it states that um, uh, making an offering to the Buddha's uh, body or making an offering to a stupa is a, a vast, a great store of merit, uh, making an offering uh, to a perceived object and a non-perceived object uh, is an even greater store, but the greatest amount of merit is when one makes it to all of these things. Uh, so um, this is why when we make an offering of tea, uh, we, we should make an, this, an offering in this way, because it's the greatest store of merit. What does the so when we have breakfast, lunch, or dinner, uh, we're eating things, we're drinking things. Uh, so uh, we should imagine, because of the greatest level of merit that's created, uh, that we're offering these things uh, to all of... So, if it, for instance, we're, if we're making an offering to Buddha Shakyamuni, 
uh, we should imagine that we're making an offering to all of the Buddhas uh, of the three times and making an offering to all of the stupas of the ten directions uh, because of the greatest, the great amount of merit, the greatest store of merit that we can achieve or accumulate. ジェンシェドムジュバランキラバダネダネシェバウォスランキチョバスケンドカレスナアネソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソソ
So, number six, <coughs> offerings that help others to make, uh, is the heading, uh, refers to offerings that you, out of compassion, cause someone else to make. This occurs when you have some small things to offer and you think, these suffering living beings who have little merit and nothing to give will gain happiness uh, by making these offerings. Uh, so, 
here, if one thinks that uh, these beings have very little merit, um, so because of their little merit, they're poor, uh, they don't have the means to make offerings, uh, and they're suffering beings, and the means of achieving happiness uh, is by accumulating merit, and if these beings uh, um, accumulate merit by making offerings, then they will have happiness. Uh, if we think along these lines, uh, and then because we have the ability to do so, aid them in their effort to make these offerings, we give them some uh, sort of uh, food or, or drink, some small things, anything that we have to give them to make offerings, uh, then this uh, categorically uh, falls under the offerings that you help others to make. Uh, and it's for the reason just explained. So furthermore, the merit of offerings made both by yourself and by others you have helped to make, offerings are shared by both of you. The difference in size of the meritorious results of these three bring similar to the above discussion in the fourth uh, section. So when uh, the, the last point I just I forgot was that when we make the offering itself, uh, when we give the person something to make an offering, we are making an offering. Uh, so that's the point here, and that's why it's under this, uh, a point of offering, offerings that you help others to make. So by giving it to them, it's an offering we're making. Uh, so this is the sixth point. Dumba. Chuba jita dumba ndere do dumba. Jai angkuines, ane susu esh jai lea, ane ngani chuba bi marves, nyandu chuba bi bai na jai le kuine, nyeke chuba nesa. ジェニーキトモアテスね、ゴワテワテラタジェニーキトモイゴワレス。で、ドゥパ、ルメチェ。エンジケイドゥパナマ。ドンバ、ランキシェバ、ランキシェバテナマイ。ランキシェバナバロ
Um, but there's just a difference, and we're going to follow and count and see where we end up. Rinpoche is uh, stating uh, that, furthermore, the merit of offerings made both by yourself and by others, this is an in common offering, uh, um, this could be said as seven. So we're going to state that this one is seven uh, and just see where we end up. Uh, so uh, this is an, a shared offering uh, that is made um, uh, by both of you. The difference in size of the meritorious results of these three being similar to the above discussion in the fourth section. So it says, as mentioned before. Uh, um, we are on page 198 uh, in the English. Uh, and... Yeah. Uh, we're on six or seven. Um, if you're following in the book, you'll see what I mean. Yeah. It, if number six, if it split it kind of in half, it makes two points. Um, so. This way. Dumbar <laughs> Okay. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna see. We're just going through counting. Uh, uh, so now seven offerings of wealth and uh, eight rather. I'm sorry. We're gonna call that eight for now, and then we're gonna see uh, offerings of wealth and service. That <laughs> あの、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、ね、
So it says, offerings of wealth and service are offerings to a Buddha or his stupa consisting of gifts of clothing, uh, so clothes that we wear, food, uh, things we eat or drink, uh, um, bedding, uh, um, uh, blanket, uh, blankets and so forth in the bedding, seats, Rinpoche said, could be the where one uh, sleeps, so where one abides. So seat could be where one rests, uh, so this word seat. Uh, medicine, uh, personal necessities, whatever one needs. Uh, incense, aromatic powders and oint ointments. Um, and Rinpoche said that the um, scented oils, uh, if we look at these three, um, and previously there were scented oils in India people would put on to make themselves still, to make themselves smell uh, uh, like the scented oil. Um, so this is uh, what is uh, mentioned here with the ointment. Uh, flower garlands, uh, uh, music, and various types of lamps. Mm. Mamma, <laughs> Lesser. <laughs> Okay, so here it says uh, there is also uh, offering uh, respectful speech. Uh, I'll just read it. Respectful speech, prostrations rising before... Uh, what did I do? Uh, prostrations rising before the other, hands joined together respectfully, a variety of praises, obeisance with your limbs and the head touching the ground and clockwise circumambulation. Um, so... <coughs> Here, 
begins with offering of respectful uh, speech. Uh, and this is uh, when we look at uh, respect, um, this word respect, uh, when, uh, for instance, uh, we're addressing an older monk or our elder, and we use very quiet speech and say, lesso, and, and, and show our reverence uh, through our speech. This is what it's being, uh, meaning by um, uh, uh, speaking respectfully or respectful speech. Uh, so it was an example of respectful speech, uh, being very uh, um, respectful to an elder, for instance. Uh, it says prostrations. Uh, so this is paying homage, uh, um, uh, making prostrations, uh, the various types, and then rising before the other. Uh, when Rinpoche uh, comes upstairs, he says everyone gets up, or when the Dalai Lama comes into the building, everyone gets up. This is why we do it. We find it in this section, uh, rising. Uh, and, and if uh, an older person enters the room or something, or older monks uh, enter, then the younger monks uh, stand up, and this is what it means. Uh, it's out of respect. Um, it says uh, hands joined together respectfully. Uh, so this is in the, the form of prayer, hands joined together. Uh, and then uh, um, a variety of praises. Um, uh, so making various types of praises and so forth, uh, saying wonderful things, uh, and then obeisance with your limbs uh, and the head touching the ground. Uh, so here this is talking about uh, physical prostration. There are two kinds of physical prostration. There is the Vinaya uh, prostration, which is some kind, sometimes called the semi-prostration, uh, and then the tantric prostration, uh, which is sometimes called the full prostration. Uh, uh, full body prostration. So these are the uh, two kinds of prostrations. And then it says, and clockwise circumambulation. Uh, so in this uh, um, uh, advice here, we're, we're speaking of clockwise circumambulation. But when we look in the mother tantras, we find it actually counterclockwise circumambulation. Uh, so in this case, uh, we find uh, clockwise circumambulation. But in mother tantras, uh, we find this idea of counterclockwise circumambulation. Jenja Okay. 
so then it says, moreover, inexhaustible gifts such as fields can be given. Shinka. Uh, Tambo shinka. Okay, so fields, literally fields, uh, offering, uh, imagining you're offering fields, uh, as, uh, as well as offerings of jewels, earrings, bracelets, and the like. Uh, so uh, precious jewels and then all kinds of different jewelry. Uh, um, so this is what uh, is meant by these points. And it says at least there are offerings of bells, uh, silver coins, or spools of thread. And the spools of thread, for instance, to make garlands, uh, you put around it a stupa or something like this. So this, the spools of thread, thread is mentioned uh, for this reason, to st string up offerings or uh, something like this. Gigs, huh? <laughs> Chubba ジ、ジ、ジ、シェバタン。ヒタバネ、ガシン、メベ、メ、メバ、タビチュラザ。テアチョバンモワタン、ザン、チョバ、メニエ、チョバンブ。テアチョバザンボ、チョバンモンボ
ही ताबा ने होते ही समर्दा जा चीज चुबा ने नियकुत दा यूर ने बचुबा ची डंगा चिना यूर ने बचुबा ते आ चुबा मावा जावा दा मुझमें ये में चुबा नी जे रात जे जी शेबा सोंचे ही ताबा ने गाजी मैं बता भी चुबा ना जे गवाह दे आ दुर्जन तो हुआ दूं so here it says vast offerings. Forty-nine. Rang dang shen chi the sum. Sumji. Then. Ni tapa ne mabatabi chuba. Je. Musunga musume. What did you do? Do you do? Do you? And that Yaku, you are never chuba this. They are noble more chitong. Chi. Zong chitong. Chi. Nusu you may, you know. Sumji. Sum. Rather jeji sheba. Jeji. Ni tapa ne. So offerings, uh, so vast offerings, so that we're saying is nine. Vast offerings means offerings of the above wealth and service over a long duration. So this is made over a long uh, duration, uh, and they have seven qualities. Being copious, so it's made over a long duration, so it's uh, copious, it's uh, bountiful. Uh, excellent, uh, it's an excellent type of offering. This is two, both perceived and non-perceived, this is three. Uh, done by oneself and others, this is four. And oneself and others, uh, we find the uh, offerings made by yourself, offerings that you help others to make. Uh, and then, uh, and being offered with heartfelt delight, uh, so having a, a liking or a, a, a happiness or a, a liking making this offering. This is the, the, the delight is the liking, uh, being delighted about making an offering. Uh, fervent aspiration and with the merit being dedicated uh, to perfect uh, enlightenment. Uh, so the... Uh, so the virtue accumulated being dedicated to the uh, complete enlightenment. Merit, virtue, but I'm just saying in here it says virtue. <laughs> So then we have uh, these seven offerings, the seven, uh, um, I mean, seven excellent uh, uh, um, qualities, uh, being copious, excellent, both perceived and non-perceived, done by oneself and others, being offered with heartfelt delight, fervent aspiration, with the virtue being dedicated to perfect enlightenment. So 
राजे रात जे जे बाजे नाजे ये ताबा ने गजे मेबटा वे जोबा ठोजे गवा तो नो तुमको Uh, so uh, we're going to look in the future. It's not about what I'm reading in English. It's about the Tibetan, and we're going to look at it in the future. Because Rinpoche was saying possibly the two, um, there could be redundancy, possibly. I have to look it up in, with dictionaries and so forth. But there, uh, in the English, uh, Rinpoche is saying possibly the perceived and non-perceived might be split into two categories. Um, so here it's one category in the Tibetan, I mean in the English, uh, so we're going to look at, uh, into it later, Rimche said. Juba, Guba. Injike Guba. The Guba the Guba. Okay. That Guba Nazo, what did you? Couldn't you ancient all the Guba Jando? Juba. Guba. Guba. Nama Natsu, the Kaylan, the Juba. Yene, Injike. Okay, so we're, they, the numbers are right in the book. Guba. We're on nine. Kunyumobu Lesso, <laughs> Chasuta Rene, Majibatan, Timbi Nobo, Bewat, the letter to the door to the Napa Yanche, the Dondagare, the Napa Dondagare, the Jopo, Gubat, the Okay, so I am going to Chesuetan Chisota 
अन्य स्वाजिल वधे स्वाजिता गनीता तो तुला कोबाशे निच्छोबास छोबादां सेमाई बच्चे बा शिवाजे छासू तो मान्दे बे दोषात कुन्द्रो नाजेला सुबह दोषात तो मान्दे बा न्योमुझे माई बच्चे बा सा माई बच्चे बा तो नाजे स्वाजिला ते बे जाबसोले न्यायकुर थोड़े ना स्वाजी कौनसों कौनसों समझते दाल चुवा बिगी है ना अने चुल गाई जाबत उसे गाल न्याबा टेकरे न्याबा रवाजी ने चुवा बिबत ने माही बजु गोवरेस चुवी गोवत ट्रू गोसा वो द ट्रू रे लो ट्रू दे दे इंजीके दे यंचे न्यूमोटे माही बजु चुवा दल ट्रू रे दो आ तांबो रांग तांबो छेसुए � लेलू जेंदा ले शेदु मजुबस तामत रेमुदे सुसु म्यूजी मारुवा जे लेलू जे अन्य जेंदा ले शुभम बेचूंगे वो दुनियामों तो नहीं रहोगे जरूरता जेंदा ले छेसो तां अन्य पामे तां लेलू यों लेलू मजेबा अन्य सुसु के कलीजन बेबाल थांबो ทำบ่ทำบ่ยิ่งโอเคโอเคโอเคมันจะบอกทำบ่เจ๊ลาลาดานะซูซูลาบันเบียวะทำบ่ยิ่งบ่เจ๊อ้าวนี่บ่กู
nipo sumbo jipo the dong 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 yere yene tambo dong the garigutsu the rangi latar ne jepe dong the ngama dong yomare garishine I'm just, I apologize I just want to get clarification the, the so when looking at the we're having just trouble with the, the number order again between the English uh, and the Tibetan um, so it says uh, uh, offerings not contaminated with afflictions are offerings with six, six qualities that are made. Um, uh, uh, so, Rinpoche is saying that uh, if we look at... Okay, said to read the English. It says, uh, they are made manually by yourself, not making others to do them out of contempt, laz uh, carelessness, uh, or laziness. Um, uh, and then it, in the, the Tibetan order, it's, it's, it looks like number two is with your own hands. So it look, in, in, uh, it says, uh, um, making others to do offerings out of an afflicted, affliction such as contempt, carelessness, or laziness. Uh, and then, uh, possibly in here it says then making it with one's own hand, uh, and then, the sixth proper, I don't know, I'm going to have to look all of this up. It says English is respectfully without distraction. The only question is, is, is number six with proper mental accompaniments or is number six number five and number one is everything except manually by yourself and number two is manually by yourself. Anyone who's looking at the English will follow what I'm saying. That's the question that we're having right now. Um, and, and when we, in the, in the Tibetan, it says and, 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 and. If you look at all of the ands, uh, it, you end up with five. Uh, and it says, Rinpoche is saying that the one they've chosen is six. It says in the Tibetan, these are the six, name that. Um, which in this case, it says, uh, material accompaniments uh, or something. But in the, the Rimache is saying that number five ends the sixth, but we're gonna we're gonna table that 
So he said to just read what it says in the English, so I'm going to do that one more time, uh, and then we'll look into it further. Um, Offerings not contaminated with the afflictions are offerings with six qualities. They are made manly by yourself, not making others to do them out of contempt, carelessness, or laziness, respectfully, without distraction, free of the afflictions in that they are not mixed with attachment and the like, without exception of receiving wealth and service from kings and so on who have faith in the Buddha and with proper material accompaniments. Uh, so, uh, this is uh, the English. But then it goes on to... Oh, dead. Then it goes on to even explain... Mm. So these these offerings are free. So it begin we're gonna go back into the Tibetan line by line now. Uh so momba. Uh, so it's it's not uh um, it does not possess. This offering does not possess uh, any of the um, occurring of the afflictions, or uh, the, does not po- possess and not contaminated with any of the uh, afflictions or the occur- ever occurring afflictions. Uh, so it's free from these. Uh, so this kind of offering is free from the afflictions. And then there are six qualities. Uh, Kuchi ane <laughs> Hmm. Carelessness or laziness. Uh, so the contempt here is, for instance, uh, having contempt uh, for saying the Buddha. This is not a Buddha. This is not a teacher. These, these do not have excellent qualities. They are uh, um, something. Uh, who, so Mao Zedong stated that religion is poison and doesn't like the Dalai Lama. He has contempt for the Dalai Lama. So that uh, this word contempt, that's what it, it means. Uh, in uh, so it's very similar to the, the this is an example of chesu, uh, uh, contempt. Uh, then par, parme. 
Pamen Okay. So the next carelessness or lack of uh, conscientiousness uh, is uh, saying it doesn't matter if I'm doing virtue or non-virtue. Doesn't really matter. Lack of conscientiousness. So carelessness and then laziness. Uh, being lazy, not want, not laziness is clear. Everyone knows what laziness is. And so it is free. So when we say that uh, um, free from the afflictions, uh, here it says we're talking about things like contempt, carelessness, laziness. These are the afflictions that uh, these uh, uh, these type of offer. This is a quality of the uh, uh, offering uh, in this case, the first one. Okay, so uh, uh, so in the future we'll be able to uh, give a greater amount of uh, information. About this. Uh, we'll look uh, at the texts uh, and go over go over uh, them. Uh, so, uh, just as a note, you find a lot of times in the English you just read through it, and but when you read the Tibetan, it isn't as easily made for the reader. Uh, so in the English, it's it's made to read much easier for us. But in the Tibetan, uh, it couldn't be approached in the same way that an English reader could just read it. Uh, the Tibetan requires a, a vast amount of interpretation. So we're referencing this English book, but there's a vast amount of uh, interpretation and symbolism and words that mean more than one thing and so forth, as we've seen. So uh, thank you for your patience. Uh, any errors were my own. Uh, so we'll do the concluding uh, prayers. <coughs> the fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Ozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well, with whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times. I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All-powerful Avalokiteshvara Tenzin Gyatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wanda, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Tujiram Jay Gutsi Shabi Denalam.